Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to the Box Set Pod. Tonight, today, we talk about Rick and Morty. Not just Rick and Morty, but a character called Jamie as well. My name's Howell, this is Jamie. Yeah. Regulars, Matthew Wandless join us as well from London. And Jack Boardman, uh, our work experience boy, who is uh, both pointless and useless in equal measure. And the, the point of having us all together is to talk about different box sets uh, and give, give the ignorant first episode opinions uh, to see if we can be bothered continuing. So hopefully you can listen to us bigging up a box set or criticising a box set and decide whether or not you should spend your time on it. Tonight it's going to be on the adult cartoon Rick and Morty. We're going to get to that in a moment, uh, but first I want to tell Matt and Jack a story from Jamie's wife's Facebook page. (laughs) Are you sitting comfortably? Here we go. So she writes, it's fairly long, but it's worth it, okay? So pay attention. Mm. Today, George, our son, is nine months old. Incidentally, if you're curious about the impact of nine months of sleep deprivation on someone's problem-solving abilities, take a moment (laughs) to read my merry yarn. Last night, Jamie piously announced that he would be retiring to the guest bedroom in the loft for the evening so that he wouldn't be disturbed by George if he woke and could get one last good sleep before he goes back to work on Monday after two weeks of annual leave. As I went out with the girls left last night and left him alone, I was in no position to deny such a request. All was well until about 2am in the morning. <laughs> bleep, 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 bleep. That earpiecing, sleep-shaking sound of a smoke alarm. Bleary-eyed, I stumble out of bed and I followed the sound upstairs to the loft where I knew the smoke alarm up there had been malfunctioning. To my confusion, though, Uh, Although I'd now followed the sound, I was up there and the alarm somehow sounded far away, but still really effing shrill. Jamie, I ask in the dark room, where's the smoke alarm? Jamie's reply here is the reason that I could get 10 years of a radio career out of Jamie (laughs) Abington. Jamie's reply was, oh, can you hear that? (laughs) Uh, yeah what the f peach he says i've done something really stupid my heart sinks yeah my heart sinks i know whatever it is it's bad because a he's used my pet name and b he's admitted immediately that he's done something stupid he never usually admits it and three he sounds really tortured i thought if i put the alarm out he's this is jamie quote I thought if I put the alarm outside the Velux window on the roof that it would stop beeping in the fresh air and we would be able to hit we wouldn't be able to hear it but it slid when I put it down and now it's stuck on the roof and won't stop bleeping. I've tried but I can't reach it so we'll have to wait for it to, we'll have to wait for it to stop and get a roofer out in the morning to get it down. Are you kidding me? And so somewhere we can't reach to reset it and the whole village probably can hear it. We all know how loud and persistent the alarms are, for goodness sake. And it's sitting proudly on the roof. I tried to get back to bed. 
but it keeps bleeping and my head is spinning with questions. Why doesn't my husband understand <laughs> the basic physics of gravity? Do I have one child or two of them? Was he think what was he thinking? Oh, bleep bleep bleep. How much is it going to cost to get someone out on the motherfudging Sunday morning to fix this? Oh, this is like that episode of Friends where Monica drops her smoke alarm down the garbage chute, except no one is laughing. After about two hours of rumination, googling roofers to call around in the morning and posting a pleading and cryptically worded job ad on the local buy sell focus group, uh, Facebook group, I can't take it anymore and go back up to the loft with a torch to look for myself. Jamie, I can't see it up here anywhere on the roof. Are you sure it's here? Yeah, but it must have slipped down into the guttering. Did you hear it clatter? Did you hear it fall? Before he can answer, I run downstairs <laughs> on a hunch, open the patio door, and there is the smoke alarm lying on the floor outside. <laughs> it was there all this time, a little twisted but still bleeping defiantly. Most importantly, within reach. I press the reset button. Sweet, sweet silence. I'm sorry, Peach, I'm an idiot. I just assumed it was on the roof. I blame sleep deprivation. Please don't tell anyone about this. Oh dear me! Yeah. Which can only remind me of the time Jamie spent a month to fix his windscreen washers. Took it to the garage three times. They told him they were working. Jamie couldn't get them to work, and then he realised he was pulling the indicator instead of the correct <laughs> one. <laughs> Oh, just flashing people. <laughs> yeah. For no reason. So there we go. There we go. That's the man Strong you Strong work, with. Jamie. Did yeah, George brilliant. manage to sleep through that? Yeah, that was the amazing thing. George slept through the entire saga. I bet you slept through most of it while Lauren was doing all that Googling. You was... I didn't. I was upstairs racking my brain. I, I almost got on the roof. <laughs> I almost got in my boxes onto the roof. And try to scale down to the guttering. <laughs> it almost sounds like a hilarious episode of Rick and Morty if there was some sci fi involved. Let's segue. What a segue. What a segue. Let's talk about it. Rick <clears throat> is the grandson of Morty, who still lives in the house with the way parents. Uh, Other way, Owl. Morty is the grandson of Rick. Um, Rick is uh, still living with um, the whole family in the house. Uh, Morty's parents doesn't like the fact that, grand- or at least Morty's dad doesn't like the fact that Rick still lives in the house. And uh, this we learn in episode one, um, and and it's a science fiction. Rick takes Morty on adventures into different science fiction worlds to solve problems and essentially save the world at great expense of Morty's education and focus at school, which is where his dad thinks he should be instead. Um, That's basically the premise. And I've watched uh, episode one plus uh, maybe a couple more in the background while I've been doing things. Oh, yeah. Um, That doesn't sound good. That doesn't sound like you're enjoying it. Oh, you always tell me off for doing that. I know. Uh, Matt, how much have you watched? Seven episodes. Wow. Is, the, is that on the, off the back of this podcast or, or you'd already watched it? I'd watched four maybe and then I carried on a little bit to prep. Um, have, have you uh, got any problems with it? Are you, have you have you like stopped at seven or have you just... Are you, are you no, just this happily... is where I'm up to. Okay, you're trotting on. 
And well, ja- I mean, do you want me to dive into it now? Well, uh, finally, Jack, you've, you're a big fan, yeah? Yeah, I'm up to date. Watched uh, all of them. And Jamie as well, yeah? All. Okay. Yeah, let's delve into it because I've got issues. Matt. Whoa. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> all right. Okay. So um, I've had a lot of people have recommended this to me. Um, not just, you know, you people on this show who I have no respect for. Um, <laughs> like some, some of my friends who I choose to spend time with and, uh, and who I, whose opinions I, I value. Real fair. Um, and obviously I'm a big fan of uh, Community, uh, which was also created by Dan Harmon. Um, and I went into this wanting to just go, brilliant, love it. Mm. Um, but that hasn't happened. Mm. Um, I wouldn't say that I dislike it, but at the moment I am just, I'm quite kind of confused by it. Mm. It's like around five or six episodes. Um, I started to enjoy it a little bit more. It still doesn't make me laugh. Um, I kind of like some of the stuff it's doing, but some of the stuff is most of the time I'm just watching it and it's just kind of, washing over me it's like clipping my nails or something it's not something that i enjoy it's something that you just kind of do mm. um and i i don't know what else to make of it i mean i i i, I am sellable on this but uh at the moment i don't get it okay um, um uh last week we discussed girl boss and uh, many people said it wasn't funny uh, howls, howls oh, in for vengeance here. Howls out for oh, <laughs> I put a big call out for anyone to email me on my side, and I received an email from Kyle, who Mel predicted might might email and back me up, saying he agrees completely with Mel and everyone else who was criticising, <laughs> and um, <sighs> that uh, yeah he had the same problems and. Yeah, again, we come back to the question of like redeemable characters and real characters, and I think the more I think about it, the more I think Americans just want people to uh, uh, to be like um, morally superior to us. Uh, it's almost like people have occupied the the, the world of um, religious Mary Whitehouse type things. It's like, oh, how can we watch this purple person? They have no morals. I enjoy watching that person, and to that end. This certainly doesn't worry about that in the way that Dan Harmon does uh, very well. He enjoys challenging, um, you know, uh, co- uh, morality for the sake of comedy. It's it, we we shouldn't be bothered about whether he's been pulled out of school or anything, and I'm not bothered by that. But but I would prefer to watch Girl Boss. <laughs> I really would. Oh, what? How can, can, can we can we just put Girl Boss aside for one minute well, and uh, judge this objectively rather than as yeah, a comparison? I mean, you're, you're carrying a lot of baggage there, Howell. A lot of baggage. I think. I thought, Honestly, you're I supposed to be it's... the host of this show and carry a little bit of professionalism th- rather than just a personal <laughs> grudge. It's not a personal grudge. Um... You've been in a sulk for an entire week. No, no, no. <laughs> and, and, and now you've brought it into this podcast and you're spreading it all over us <laughs> like muck. I thought it important. I thought it important with my audience here of. Jack and Jamie, who were both my nemesis last week, to, to show them, to explain to them how difficult their job is. And it's not a grudge, I promise. Um, I, I Okay, so problems with episode one, which is the point here. Before we go beyond episode one, 
um, I found the um, you know the you know the burping he does the sort of acid reflux. Oh noise. man, yeah, really, gone, yeah, really bothers me. And in episode, me too, one, man, I hate it. Yeah, now I've gone on to episode two because I find that stuff quite funny. In that, uh, literally, that gag I saw. Um, what's his name? Dame Edna. Uh, what's his name? Real man, Dame Edna. I don't know. Barry Humphreys. Uh, Barry something. Oh, yeah. Saw, saw him doing one, his character Les live last year on his last tour, and it was and he did a whole bit about acid reflux, and it was absolutely bloody hilarious. In this one, it really started to bother me, and they do tamper that down <coughs> episode, after the pilot. I did notice in episode two there's less of it. Um, yeah, it does become less and less. It's got to the point now where I hardly even notice when he's doing yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, I get, yeah. I get the feeling that was some feedback that they got <laughs> that they had to listen to eventually. Um, but, but uh, it, it's more that I think like um, now that F is for Family exists and it's awesome, and now well, and South Park still exists. Um, I, I'm just kind of going, where does this? If the, if this podcast is about persuading people to spend their time on it. I, I'm kind of like, yeah, it's quite, it's quite funny, but like Matt, I'm really not laughing. I haven't done a laugh out loud at anything. Um, no zero lols for me so far. Yeah. So are you two I, lolling I at this? I I went back and watched the first episode a few weeks ago. Well, oh. most of the first season, to be honest, and I have to admit that I didn't find that <clears throat> as funny as season two or season three. I think with season one, <laughs> it was a bit. Uh, not unfunny, but I had I did have the same problem, and the only reason why I carried on is because so many people had recommended it to me mm. that I thought I'm just gonna have to battle. And the only, the episodes are only uh, twenty minutes, half an hour, yeah. so it it is. And like you said, they are very easy to put on in the background and just let sort of wash over you. Um, and I must say, like that that feeling of like I'm kind of watching this. It's doing some interesting stuff. I'm not lolling. Um, that is very reminiscent of how I felt when I started watching Community. And it, mm. it, it, it took me a good half a series before I started really laughing at that show, and it became one of my favourite shows. Yeah, you're right, you're right. So I've, I've, this has got a lot of um, leeway for me. But there's also the... the, the um, I, I see the setup is the same every week, as is many cartoons, but this, the, the old guy drags the young guy into difficult horrendous situation the young guy is at maximum 10 panic mode the old guy is willing to do anything to achieve what he wants to achieve and it'll be resolved and in amongst that is whilst I, i'm going to keep bringing it back to what we discussed last week because only it was the last only because it was the <laughs> oh, last discussion oh, only because it was the last discussion and we were talking about humor is that the problem we had last week was about the cruelty of a character the cruelty of the humour in this, so you get that set up, but the humour, the Dan Harmon humour that comes through this, I don't think has as much heart as Community does. And, and it, You haven't watched enough to say that. No, no, no. Uh, so far, my ignorant view is that it doesn't feel like it's got as much heart. And and it reminds me, I could never get into Futurama versus uh, The Simpsons, you know. Um, whether that's a problem with sci-fi stuff, I don't know. But I, I like Star Trek, and I, I found that I couldn't get into Futurama. But uh, this, like I said, I think is absolutely brilliant. And uh, I do, I do know what you're saying about you, especially in the first season. There isn't much of, from what I can remember, there isn't much of a narrative, like an overarching narrative throughout the season. It kind of finishes 
where it started almost. With there isn't a big build up, whereas in the second season, it does build up to something. There is more of a a story behind it, and it doesn't wash over you as easily. It's just getting to that point yeah. that can be. I- I don't struggle. think I have a problem with that as a, a, a as a way of doing things. Like I, I, like I say, I'm beginning to enjoy some of the stuff they're doing. I've I've just watched. It's called the the episode's called Raising Gazorpazorp. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Which which is I think the best one I've seen so far, and and also I, I enjoyed the one where um, Morty asks Rick to make him a love potion. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. At the school just, disco. Did you not like the one where the dog uh, takes over the uh, the house and st- becomes a robot lawnmower dog episode? Yeah, I did vaguely like that one, yeah. But um, let's not get too much into discussing the individual plots. But um, like, I don't have any problem with, the, uh, with a, a, a non-season arc. I don't care about that um, or, the, or the repetition. I just kind of I don't see what it's doing things just seem to happen without any and I know it's a cartoon it's like I don't expect there to be uh the, you know spend episode five getting over what happened in episode four I know it doesn't work like that but um it, it's just like a, a really weird random series of events at the moment mm. you want to wait until you get to season three the last episode Jamie yeah um, I'm up to. Uh, I've only just started season three, so I might have missed. Uh, I might have missed the one you're talking mm. about. It um, it doesn't. It it does uh, stay like that. There are bits, especially in this last season, that you just think, where is this going? And even <laughs> I've started to question it a little bit, but then I've grown to love it over the last two seasons, so I'm sticking with it. And I do now. I hate to use the phrase, but I do end up lolling whilst watching yeah. it. Yeah. I think so, I think I, we laugh. All. I mean, like I, I, I get what you all, I get what you're saying, Howell and Matt. And I think that when you first watch it, it's very, it's a very kind of nervy, kind of sporadic, a little bit kind of a weird, a very kind of odd concept, and a very hyperactive show. Like it's very hyperactive mm. mind working on the show. You feel like I think, and it's that can Dan be... Harmon drunk actually. That's what I thought. Well, yeah, well, the thing is, the concept came from him and, uh, and and the other creator, I believe he's called Justin Ro- Roiland. Uh, you know, the, the concept came from they did, they did a parody film of Back to the Future. Yeah. That's why, you know, you got mm. the docs and you got it, obviously. Yeah, I got and, uh, yeah. and so it came from a, a concept that, and then they, they built on that and they built this, this, uh, this, these characters into, they made them more different and, and interesting from that perspective. And, I do think you're right. It is an odd show. It's a very weird and very fast-paced show. But the more you get into it, the more you understand the characters and the more you follow it. Like the burping, like uh, Jack said, you almost don't... I, I don't even notice the belts. Like mm. The belching is really, really... It really punctuates the show in the first series. Like you're constantly noticing it. And there are times where you're grossed out by it. Like yeah. it really does sort of bother you. But... As the show goes on, it's like it just doesn't even register now when I'm watching an episode. It's just not even there. I don't even notice him doing it. And when I do notice him doing it, it usually is when they're doing it purposely for a really good comic moment and it yeah, works. Yeah, comedy gold. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Something I really hate so what... is when people say, um, use passion project as an insult, right? Really friggin' hate that. Oh, is this a passion project? Um, 
I heard somebody else being accused of it today over something that was really good, and uh, and so I'm wary to use this term. But that whole I I got immediately in the first twenty seconds that it was a Back to the Future kind of thing. But it's it's that classic kind of quite smug, quite cynical. Uh, if Back to the Future was real, wouldn't it be wrong that like an old man was taking this sixteen-year-old around? Isn't it like a bit sick and a bit wrong? And what what do they think at school about him going missing? And did you know this? And it felt like when I watch Harmon Town, it, um, it felt like when you see Dan Harmon at his worst, at his most angry at the world, it felt like this is a result of that brain rather than. Um, I would prefer. I, I prefer Are you serious? Back to you the actually future. you're sitting there going, "I'm worried that he's missing school." No, no, no! I'm saying that's there. I can hear them pitching that concept of going, "Hey, let's let's do a stand-up comedy bit oh, about uh, Back to the Future." Okay, right, isn't this okay, a bit pervy? Gotcha. You know, and just generally, I don't, I don't think South Park has survived as long as it has because they did that. I don't think they did. South Park took took whatever a conventional wisdom is, and and broke it down so that can keep going forever that concept this one feels to me just much more cold-hearted than than the setup of community and uh, all of that other stuff which tamps down dan Harmon's ability to um, be a nihilist towards the world you know this feels more like a nihilistic view on stuff which just doesn't make me feel there is an element of that either yeah, there is an element of that, but I think it's actually just exploring. It. Like it's a very, it's very clever. Yeah. A lot of the concepts it's looking at are quite, it's quite clever, and it's also like, in a way, he's discussing things in, in, in a very. There is a lot of heart in the fact that he's actually looking at things in in great detail about what life is and about different sort of dimensions and different alternate realities that we could all be in, and mm. and the relationships are actually quite strong. The relationship between Rick and Morty. This is it's actually it's a quite a strong relationship they have, and the sister comes into it more. And the mum and dad—I mean, the dad is hilarious. The, the dad has a yeah. really fascinating journey. But like you know, Rick and Morty's kind of relationship is very strained. But and and Rick is a very very harsh, cold character. Mm. But he is underneath it all. He really loves his family, and you really get more and more to see that as you go along. And the humour. You know, it might not necessarily come out in the cruelness of it all at the start, but the humour sort of flowers more as you delve into the world of, of Rick. And as he takes Morty on these adventures, you see that he's actually quite a lonely guy. And you see where it's coming from. He's a guy living in the garage with this incredible brain. And, you know, it, it, I think you will, if you follow and you stick with it, you will sort of find yourself drawn to him a lot more. Yeah, you, the heart comes out of it. You really begin to like the characters as long as you stick with it, a bit like Girlboss. So. <laughs> oh. There we go. There we go. <laughs> well, yeah, as I said last week, I'll, uh, I'll do you that deal, Jamie. That's absolutely fine. The, the, the thing, uh, yeah, the thing, the thing is, though, right, and I, I remember watching the first episode of Rick and Morty, and I remember watching the first episode of... What's her name? Boss girl, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and I, I came out, and I, I can tell you, when I came out of Rick and Morty, I'm, I don't think I, I don't think I laughed a great deal, mm. but I was it fascinated me, and I was like, I'm, yeah. I kind of want to know more, and you I didn't see come out got that potential, way. yeah, and I did, I thought this could be really funny, and I didn't feel like with girl boss, 
even though I am going to continue to at least watch three more Howls, I agreed. But if it didn't feel like with Girls, it, first of all, it wasn't a concept that I was kind of like drawn into. Hey, we're, we're not like here to talk about more. your sexism um, at being a, you know, obviously <laughs> no, you, it's more last, complicated. Last week all right, I all talked right. about Girls and I talked about Fleabag, two female-driven <laughs> comedies that are absolutely brilliant. But don't yeah. you even go down that road. It's a lot, <laughs> It's you know, demographic-wise, it's going to be that you're going to enjoy a male piss-take of um, Back to the Future a little bit more. But, but we're not here to talk about that. Adam's joined us. Hello. Adam, oh my God, you've turned in at the end and oh. sounding atrocious. You're basically the guy that's turned up at the party as everyone's leaving and you're absolutely wasted. That's um, that's so often me, as well you know. Carrying a Tesco that's bag happened, of empty booze. Um, yeah, I, I drank it all at the bus stop, I'm sorry. Adam, I take it you're a big Rick and Morty fan. Why would you assume that? Because you're here. Uh, yeah, I am reasonably actually. Yeah, I'm not. Um, uh, I, I'd like it despite not wanting to at all. Did you consider uh, betraying the show there just to make Howl wrong? Yeah, yeah, yeah I will do anything to Why make Howl wrong. Why did you say that you did? You didn't want to, well, uh, despite um, not wanting to. Being uh, the terrible pretentious asshole I am, I kind of thought adult animation was. I thought I was done with it. You know, okay. for much of the sort of same reason that, you know, there's a point where you stop watching Family Guy and all that sort of stuff, even if you know it's possibly still funny. I just didn't think I was looking for uh, an animated series. Like, I'd, I'd watched a few things like BoJack Horseman, which mm. just didn't really do it for me. There's, there's quite a few shows that I've not, that I've tried and not really felt were great. But there's something about Rick and Morty, isn't there, that's just that little bit extra. Um, I it's got that, that kind of appeal one, but, people. But it, did you not enjoy it? Yeah, I did enjoy it. It just didn't have the heart that Community has, and it I, it just feels more cynical. You didn't enjoy Community at the start, didn't you? Didn't we spend quite a while having arguing with you about? Yeah. yeah. Saying there was heart in Community. Yeah, and again, I, I think went back to it and enjoyed it. Yes. Oh, I loved it. Loved it. Watched every episode. Oh, but brilliant. I think, unfortunately, that anything Hal says about Rick and Morty at the moment is going to be tainted because really. He just needs to just calm down, forget about that girl boss, yeah. come back and watch it in a couple of months maybe and well, see if he can actually enjoy it. Let me tell you a little truth here. I watched the first episode of Rick and Morty before we recorded the podcast about girl boss. And it's my, poisoned. My it's been poisoned. Opinions were <laughs> the, well, the, the, the well is gone. There is, uh, in community, I find the same thing though. I think with Dan Harmon's stuff. There is uh, three tones. One tone is over-emotional, kind of, you know, the big end speech can be a little bit too much sometimes. The last series is not very good at all. Mm -hmm. Um, There is also the too cruel, too angry at the world, too cynical tone. And then when he's on his sweet spot, which he's just... Can you give me an example of that? Um, Um... no, Good. I'll Carry on. get back yep. to you on that. <laughs> Certainly Rick and Morty, but um, but in Community, there's the later series. Even when everyone hailed his return, for me in the last couple of series, you did, there is a lot of stuff which is just kind of harsh, mechanical, plot-driven stuff, rather than the wonderful inventiveness that we had around the times of Paintball and those sort of episodes and 
the end of right. season one and season two. And that's when he's at his absolute best, is when he feels kind of good about the world, confident enough to criticise <coughs> it, but also get a bit of, like, love in there as well, you know. And with Rick it, and Morty, I feel like he's loving the form. And it's, yes, it's fast, it's smart. There's comedians signed up by episode three. There's John Oliver and there's, you know, phenomenal people. John Hammer, I think, is in it. There's people signing up left, right and centre. And yet... It's got uh, quite a list of cameos, actually. I did look yeah. through that earlier. And yet, I feel like they certainly wouldn't have signed up to that if it wasn't Dan Harmon's, who from Community who was doing it by that point. Maybe no, in of season course two not. or three, they would, they would have... Uh, where 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 were you up to, Hal? How much have you just have like you watched two, a bit? Two and a half episodes, something like that. Yeah, it, I can say it's one of those things. I you don't sort of judge it on the way that we probably do on these, where I like, sit down and watch four shows and then commit to it for a season. You know, I've only watched um, somewhere in season two, and it's one of those that I just put on backgroundy, and it's just slowly got under my skin. Mm. Yeah, and you know, I've not committed to it. I'm not binging it. I'm not a fanboy for the show, but. It's you, if you just have enough episodes on, you realise that it's smart, but he's not worried about the form. He's not forcing himself, like you say, that, some of the later community stuff, he's forcing the form to get an angry point made or a sincere point made or whatever, and it sometimes feels a little contrived. Whereas this, he has really just found the kind of freedom of form where he can go, oh, this is just right, I'm going to assume that everybody is fine with this multi-dimensional thing that I've set up in another series. Like, it's full of yeah, reference great. points community. Like, I'm all exactly people right. doing that. I'm you all only appreciate this if you understand him from community. But it feels like he's really sort of um, let the let the handbrake go and just reels out gags and absurdities. And it's um, I think it's a really smart way of doing that. It's like it's a perfect vehicle for someone who's a really funny guy who clearly got pissed off with making uh, a season, you know, a series, a conventional yeah. sitcom. Well, based on an episode and a half, I feel like he benefited from having producers in a conventional sitcom. It, We're watching the wheels rattle off of a man who's oh, just no, no, that's the way, freedom he wanted. That's the way. I mean, Adam summed it up. I think Adam summed it up really well there. I can't see him much better. But you, you know that that's freewheeling it. feel, Howell, yeah. that you feel like you feel like it's it, you feel like you're watching a, almost a breakdown happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's that that becomes what the show is. Like watching this kind of sci-fi high concept breakdown happen every episode, but it's kind of it becomes more fun. Let me ask you a more... simple, practical question: What time of day do you watch this in the background, Adam? And then oh, evening, later evening. Yeah. I I usually watch it around half past nine. Yeah, you see, I tend to do my solo watching at like eleven o'clock at night, and it's pretty full on. For that time, you see night. all these all these new episodes mm-hmm. from season three. I've been watching them in the morning. I still find them just as good. I, when I did first start watching it, it was when I was at uni still. So that would be well. I think that's one, a good one bit of o'clock practical in the morning. advice. That though, it's it's like actually, if you're not twenty years old and still have an erection at two o'clock in the morning. Um, I think it's uh, it's probably good to watch it when you're awake because it is a bit more like the burping and everything. I do find myself going, "Oh, I'm too tired for this." Plus, I've had man flu for the last few days, which really doesn't help anything. So, you know, I'll I'll continue. I will continue. This will be more background watching. Yeah, but it's certainly uh, I, I'd, I'd to... try and you need to th- you need to throw away two lots of baggage. How you need to throw away your girl boss baggage. You need to throw away your Dan Harmon baggage. Throw them both out of the car and drive smoothly towards 
the sunset of Rick and Morty. Mm. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, Ozark next week. Who's watched Ozark? I've been watching it. Anyone else? Never heard of it. Uh, no, not yet. But uh, yeah, it's on my on my list. It's new. It's on Netflix. It stars Jason Bateman, and he's directed a lot of them as well. Matthew's back. Uh, Matt, have you watched Ozark? Matthew's back, but not really. Matt, no, no. Is it a Netflix original <laughs> this one? Because I've seen somewhere yes. they've cancelled another one this week. Gypsy right. has been cancelled um, again. As you, when you were saying with Girl Boss last week, that's been cancelled too. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ozark no. is really—it's fresh out of the oven. Fresh out it's the only oven. Been, yeah, and I—I'd um, be interested what you see. Let's not—I won't give any opinions, but uh, it'd be good for you. Give it a give it one episode because I tell you what, episode one is quite a doozy, isn't it? Howell? It's a strong first episode, and it, it accurately depicts what you're going to experience for the rest of the series. So, it's a good litmus test. Mm. Um, Matt, have you seen Sorry, Ozark? Am I back in the room? You're back Sorry, in the room. I, I got lost there. Have you seen Ozark? No, I haven't. No. Okay, get on it. It's next week. It's mm. new. Oh, oh, he's not keen. Mm. Don't know. My dad likes it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> let's not get into oh, your psychotherapy yeah, again. Oh. Get your dad on the pod. Someone get me a therapist and Matt's dad. We're next week. Um, therapy on the podcast. It, it's new and it's really good, or at least it's. Yes, it's really good. It's really good. Get it on. Ozark next week. Um, thank you, everybody. Who just left? Nobody. I think James Who, in the oven. Someone just slammed the door behind him. Oh, oh that, that was me just shutting the oven door. I just put an apple crumble in. I see. Ignore me. I see. It was all that a euphemism. Have you just been to the toilet? <laughs> no, but when, when Jamie first rang me, I was just flushing the toilet and walking out the bathroom. Nice. Oh, nice. I thought I thought you'd uh, I thought you were smoking something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, goodbye. Mutually yeah. exclusive. All that could have been happening. Yeah, Matt's got can a question. I, can, can I just say something briefly about last week? Oh Jesus! Let's let's do it. Oh. No, okay. I think we're gonna get. Let's get. I say I think yes. He's gonna apologize. I think he's gonna. Apologize. I know. I'm not gonna apologize, but I listened back to the podcast. Mm. And it's it. I well, actually, maybe we do owe you an apology, Harold, because the way it got dragged down, <laughs> like I, I can't, there, we should make a rule again that from now on that we will never again discuss whether a character is allowed to behave how they behave on a TV show. Mm. Because I, there was a point where we were talking where some I can't remember who was discussing, but that. They were discussing why um, the history of the character led to them behaving that way and how they shouldn't behave that way, hmm. and therefore that was some, somehow a judgment on the show. I thought that was I thought that was ludicrous. This is my interesting point. It's the Americans, Mel and Kyle. You can defend yourselves, but I'm telling you, it's a cultural difference. They really do. I've noticed it in all of the sort of um, you know the shows that are attached to shows, the commentary shows and things. I've noticed it in all of them. They talk about the characters in a way that only in Britain, Mary Whitehouse and kind of conservative religious groups and stuff talk about them, which is about uh, redeemableness. She shouldn't do this. Um, like they're a real person. Like this person shouldn't. It's like going Scarface is a bad man because he's shot. But I think like, I think yes, you made your own story. bed with this. Okay. You made your own bed with it because you came in prepared for that to be the problem with the show. No, I came in thinking everyone was going to love it. 
No, you came in. You came in thinking that people were going to dislike the main character. Well, I'll tell you that. Yes, that's true. That's true. But I didn't think that it would be. And that should be an irrelevance. I I, like. I I was trying to say when I I came on that I I disagree with that. I disagree. If you don't like a character, if you don't like the main character, you, that's a very good reason not to want to carry on watching something. Yes, but Jamie, there's a difference between there's a difference between liking a main character because um, they are good, they draw you in, and they make you interested, and difference between liking them for that and their motivations and their actions. Yeah. Because uh, you can't tell me there are characters out there who do uh, worse things than uh Sophia and Girl Boss yeah. oh, that you don't oh, enjoy because it's not I a moral judgment. Mel, it's about the, how well drawn they are, not um, yeah. not whether they're nice or not. And I that shouldn't be Mel a consideration. Was, to defend Mel, I don't think Mel was just specifically saying that she was judging her actions and thinking. No, no, her, and, no, you know, don't get no, me wrong, I'm not trying to slag off Mel, no. but um Mel there was, was a point in there where it was like it's why the, can she? Why? Why should she be able to behave like this? Because she's had this upbringing. It's like she was trying to justify her her position. It's like this is a character. There's no. There's no point in this. This is well, if you yeah. don't like them because that you don't think they're well done. Fair enough. Yeah, I'll just, but like, but you can't. You can't dismiss the series because you think a character should have done something differently than they did. I've thought about that podcast a lot since as well, and th- that is exactly what I've thought about. Which is that I just want to say again. I love it. I want you to carry on with it because I look at that character, not aspirational that I want to be her. I look at her in the same way that you look at somebody who is fascinating and you go, what are they about? And the longer the series goes on, the more it does that. And I swear the reason Netflix have canceled this show, in my opinion, has nothing to do with ratings. I am certain of it. Well, let me tell you, let me tell you, I did carry on with the show. Ah. And I've wa- I've watched four, maybe five episodes of it, and I just think it's average. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 and, and I said last week I didn't have any problem with the with, with the character. That's not that that wasn't my issue. And you do see a bit more heart as you go a little bit further, mm-hmm. but it's just I, I just don't think it's particularly well done. That's it. Yeah. That, that, that's all of it. Yeah, as a documentary. Go on. <laughs> as, as I was to say, as a listener to uh, to last week's pod, and I was only listening to it this morning at time of recording, um, I could kind of tell that Matt and Hal were having different arguments about a character. Yeah, Hal, you were defending the actions of the character, um, and Matt was saying it just wasn't really well done. And it is, it's a completely different thing, isn't it? You can like an unlikable character if there's really compelling performance and compelling reasons for why that character is how they are or yeah. if they're just done in an entertaining way a well-performed way well, I think um, to, 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 you know to, it's I completely different the, things i think that the issue there is that the point of this podcast is that every argument that people make like i have today about rick and morty is to say it isn't very well done so the the first the reason we don't carry on with things is that intrinsically we think it's not very well done it's not for me this whereas um that i think with girl boss has been confused i'm not saying it's very 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 well done the best thing ever but i'm saying no, but in I- all the discussion about it has it has become about the aspirate the lack of aspirational nature of this character those two things have been mixed together and i'm like no put that aside and wait and see, like with any other thing, wait and see if if you start to think it is well done. 
Maybe you would. Yeah, but I mean, for you, Howell, you couldn't. You you've got a Dan Harmon hang up, right? Haven't yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. You, I you was just about to say this. Yeah. You definitely went into Rick and Morty with that Dan Harmon stigma. No, I went, over what do you mean? Perception. I love Dan Harmon. I feel like, I think it's something. I went in thinking I'm going to love this as much as Community. That's what I went in thinking, and then okay. I went, "Oh, it's yeah. uh, Futurama, but a kind of uh, cynical piss take of Back to the Future." That's what I thought. But what I was going to say, Harold, is that you can't mm. level that argument that it's not done well at something like Girls or at something like Transparent, which are the other episode, the other episodes of this show where we've had uh, discussions about whether or not it's worth watching characters who you don't aspire to enjoy. Yeah, but apples and pears, I think, with those things. Ah, oh, right, apples and pears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what well, <laughs> no. Nothing oh, right, like yeah, the, uh... well... I think, next week, I think it's I think it's very easy with a slow burny kind of um transparent and girls are kind of art house filmed slow character stuff. I've seen a million things made by students that are beautifully shot and really well made. It's the classic thing of drama. If you're going at a slower pace, just is easier than doing something like quite a shiny fast pace real-life, nasty character story. And I thought it was really well-made. I think the depiction of San Francisco, all of that stuff that I mentioned last week. You know, so... I just it is definitely San Francisco. You can see that from the show. Yeah. Um, I just think it's easier than... Um, I just think it's easier with girls and transparent to say, look at how worthy I am. Whereas with this style of stuff, it's really not easy to say that. I don't think uh, there's that much of a gulf between uh, girls and this. Um, in terms of their style and their goal, but I would say there is a massive gulf in terms of their execution. Okay, I don't agree about style. Maybe goal, but style. You, if it was girls, you'd have a, a ten-minute sequence of her lying on her bed, wondering about what she's going to do instead of a you know ninety. Yeah, it'd be really good. <laughs> yeah, but the one is I. Think also, I don't know. I actually, I don't take your point there. I don't think it's um, a slow pace at all. I think it's quite quick and uh, and and like there's. I think there are stylistic. Um, uh, parallels in, in, in terms of the way they use music, in terms of the way they shoot the city they're in, in terms of the way they treat that and the environment they're in, and uh, and the way the characters are drawn as well. I, I think they are quite similar. Look, the one is just I've, better. I've tried to make sure that we don't go on about Girl Boss on this podcast, and look what's happening. <laughs> so crack on with both Rick and Morty and Girl Boss, but certainly Ozark episode one by next week. Thank you. Matthew, Jack's gone, Adam, Jamie, good stuff. See you next week for Ozark, which is great. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Looking forward to it. No spoilers.